From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, December 21st. It's a brisk morning in downtown Moab as a small group of people huddle in the parking lot of Dave's Corner Market. They're each bundled against the cold, wearing critical gear like hats, gloves, and binoculars. Using his pair, Scott Gibson spots something. And there's a huge flock of something that just flew into a tree over there. There's probably 30, 40 birds there. Gibson is a wildlife conservation biologist with Utah's Division of Wildlife Resources. But today, he's head birder for the east side of Moab. I'm going to guess they were a bunch of starlings. Am I going to put 30 or a bunch? <laughs> a volunteer pipes in, ready with a clipboard to accurately record Gibson's bird observation. This good-natured group is taking part in the Audubon Society's annual Christmas bird count, where birders across North America and beyond brave winter weather to record what they see and hear. The count first started in 1900 with just 25 bird counts. There are now over 2,500 counts, including here in Moab. Gibson has taken the lead in the downtown area for a few years. So we're going to kind of start from where we are here at Dave's Corner Market, kind of go down by the school out towards Maine, and then just work our way back to the neighborhoods. Um, you know, one year we actually saw a red crossbill, which was super cool. Um, that's a very unusual bird to see in downtown Moab for a Christmas bird count. Um, sometimes evening, evening grosbeaks, um, cedar waxwings we get on occasion. So there's like a suite of birds that when you do see them make it more interesting to count the stuff that's a little more mundane. The mundane, of course, gets yeah. dutifully counted too. Last year, birders in Moab carefully recorded over 1,000 sparrows. But they also got two golden eagles and a bald eagle. And although 2022 data is still trickling in, there are reports that this year a Moab birder spotted a pygmy owl and a prairie falcon. These treasured sightings are interesting for the birders, and they can also help researchers, especially those who study the long-term health of bird populations. What's captured in the Christmas bird count has helped the Audubon Society and other groups document a lot of things, like how climate change might affect bird ranges. Yeah, I mean, I think birding is a great way to get people who maybe aren't as interested in wildlife interested in wildlife because it's stuff that you can see uh, on a pretty regular basis. You know, birds are ubiquitous. They're pretty much everywhere. And so you can bird from your kitchen window. You can bird out if you're on a hike. Gibson and others say cultivating an interest in wildlife is important to conservation. The whole Christmas bird count began this way. That's because in the late 1800s, American hunters used to go out around Christmas time to shoot as many birds as possible. Ornithologists of the day grew understandably concerned about declining bird populations. So the Audubon Society proposed a new tradition, taking a census of birds, counting them not killing them. So we just saw a good-sized flock of maybe 12 to 15 small birds. Local birder Molly Taylor met up with the group at Dave's Corner Market. She's going to fan out to the northeast side. Taylor is a regular birder and knows a few places to check today. So I come into the east side on my bicycle. So for about two months now, I've been pegging different groups. And you'll have different groups, uh, flocks of robins move around as well. I've got a kestrel that moves between Lions Park, but then moves up by the RV park. You know, hopefully it'll show up today. 
She's also thinking about looking for the Says Phoebe that hangs out near the cemetery. We'll find out what the birders in Moab and across the country spotted soon. The 123rd Christmas bird count ends January 5th. You can find links to historic data and resources in the show notes. People living around Glenwood Springs, Colorado, came together to cut their own Christmas trees at an annual holiday Posada celebration this month that includes Vicki Rodas, who wanted to give her 10-year-old son the same experience her own mother gave her growing up in Agua Calientes, Mexico. Aspen Public Radio's Eleanor Bennett reports for Rocky Mountain Community Radio. It's a snowy, gray morning, but the energy is high in the parking lot at the Babish Gulch Trailhead outside of Glenwood Springs. Bad Bunny is playing on a loudspeaker. A few people are standing around the fire, sipping a Mexican hot chocolate drink called Champurado. And Smokey the Bear is greeting families as they arrive. We are having uh, tamales and people just getting ready to cut their tree. And right now we're just uh, gathering here next to the bonfire. Omar Sarabia is the director of Wilderness Workshop's Latino-led environmental advocacy program, Defiende Nuestra Tierra, or Defend Our Land. It's the third year that the program has partnered with the White River National Forest for the free bilingual event. Sarabia says they're calling the day a posada. It's a traditional party before Christmas in Mexico. For us, it's just a great excuse to connect the Latino community with our local forest, but at the same time create memories for their families as well. About 120 people registered this year. Edwards resident Vicky Rodas says she heard about the event on the local Spanish radio station, La Nueva Mix, and told her husband immediately. I was like, we should do this. And I'm, I check on the internet and then I send him the link so he can sign for us. <laughs> Over at the Forest Service table, Rodas and her family listen in as the event organizers give out tree-cutting instructions in both Spanish and English. You can't take a tree more than six inches in diameter or 15 feet tall. Okay. Um, we've got saws for you. A Forest Service ranger gives Vicky's husband, Nelson Rodas, a small handsaw and points them in the direction of a nearby trail. Let's go. As we head into the forest, Nelson tells me he works in construction and has experience cutting down trees, but he's never harvested a Christmas tree before. It's also the first time for Nelson and Vicky's youngest son, Jair Rodas. And wait, so this is your first time ever doing this? Yes. What do you think about it? It's fun. Are you excited to pick out the tree? Yes. yes. And how old are you? 10, turning 11, December 12. We. We're so excited to do this this year before it's getting late for him to get excited to get a, you know, cut your own tree. Vicky says she wanted to give Jair the same experience her own mom gave her growing up in Aguas Calientes. I grew up in a big family. We never had the option to buy a fake Christmas tree. So my mom every year, she'd come and say like, this afternoon we're going to go to pick up our Christmas tree. She says her mom would sing traditional Mexican songs while they cut down the tree. She was always singing for us and telling us like stories about her childhood, her mom. So it was really special for us. Vicky's mom passed away about nine years ago, but she says she wants to keep her memory alive for Jair. 
Right, Jair? Your grandma? Yeah. Back on the trail, Jair and his dad, Nelson, are keeping a keen eye out for the perfect tree. We need one at least four feet tall. After passing several not-quite-perfect candidates, Jair spots a small tree at the top of a snowbank above the trail. It's not too big. Let's go check it out. Vicky makes sure Jair puts his gloves on before we all follow him up the hill. Wait for me. <laughs> the snow is up to our knees in some places, and by the time we reach the tree, Jair is already pulling out the saw. After a few minutes of sawing, Jair takes a breath and assesses his handiwork. I'm almost halfway. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> He's almost halfway. No! <laughs> the father-son duo takes turns for several more minutes before we hear a snapping sound, and Nelson looks up with a smile. Right. Running? Look at that. After taking several family photos, Nelson throws the tree over his shoulder and leads the way back down the trail. It's not that heavy. Back at the trailhead, Nelson gets to work securing the tree in the back of the truck. Meanwhile, Vicky tells me she was glad for the chance to take Jair to cut his first Christmas tree and to keep her mom's memory alive today. The way that she liked to, you know, keep us, like, happy and enjoy the things that we had. We don't have that much, but we, we always, like, grateful to be, like, you know, big family and have those women with her. For his part, Jair says he probably would have been playing his Nintendo at home if he weren't out here with his parents today. Did you enjoy your first Christmas tree cutting? Yeah. And he says he's already planning to come back next year. Maybe next time we might be 12. Because this year I'm 11, next year I'm 12. Eleanor Bennett, Aspen Public Radio News. That story from Aspen Public Radio was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, New Mexico, and Utah, including KZMU. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, December 21st. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.